(laughs) I don't know what to do after that. Maybe we should just pray and go home. I mean, I don't know what to do after that. How many of you guys think Corey won it because of the suspenders? I mean, I think he won it with the suspenders and the white beater. Yeah, let's give it up for Corey. That was awesome. Hopefully you don't lose too much respect for us over the course of this series. Here's what I think. Uh, And I'll start with this. Uh, One of my favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis is this. Joy is the serious business of heaven. And if that's true, and I think it is, then joy should be the serious business of the church, right? And one of the things we hope to do here is to create a culture where, yes, you can come and listen and learn, and we can move towards Jesus together. That's our primary focus. But another hope of ours is that we can laugh and let loose a little bit. We actually think God enjoys that. And so maybe you need to do that a little bit this morning, and hopefully you did. So we're glad you're here. If you, this is your, <clears throat> excuse me, if this is your first time with us, like, welcome. This is who we are here, and hopefully you come back. Um, but also, I want to say, um, man, we're really glad you're here. And we know that there's a lot of invitations that are sent out for people to come. And maybe your friend or your neighbor, your coworker came today. And we want to let you know, like, we're really glad you're here. We're not going to make you stand up or do anything weird like that. We just want to let you know we're, we're very thankful that you're here. I also want to say welcome to those that are watching online this morning. We're learning that more and more people are checking us out online before they come and join us in this room. And so if that's you, hey, thanks for joining the conversation. And our hope is that you'll continue to tune in, but at some point come and join us for our conversation here in this room. Well, guys, today we do continue in this lip sync series as we continue to kind of look at subjects that we have a tendency to say things with our lips, but don't necessarily, don't necessarily reflect it in the way that we live. And we think this is a big deal. And so here's what I want to do. I've got a lot of stuff that I want to cover this morning, so we're going to jump right in. But here, here's what I'm going to do with my sermon today. I'm going to spend like the first 10 to 15 minutes building a foundation for us to jump off of. And then when we jump off of this foundation, we'll hopefully do that together. You'll be with me, and we'll do that together because when we jump off this foundation, we're going to focus on something that is very, very important. Something that I personally believe is one of the number one issues, if not the number one issue, that is coming between you and understanding what God wants for you. When it comes to clarity and being able to understand and see, God, what is it you want for my life? What purposes do you have for me? Not even from a bigger, broader standpoint, but on a day-to-day basis. I believe the subject that we're going to cover today is going to be the biggest obstacle that will trip you up in being able to figure that out. So let's jump right in. Here's where I want to start. When we transitioned out of high school into whatever post-high school looked like for us, whether it was college or military or a job or whatever that was, all of us, or at least most of us, had ideas in mind of the stuff that we wanted to do. Like, we, man, there's stuff that I want to do. And based on the stuff that we wanted to do, we then began to make decisions, right? And some of those things were extracurricular activities that maybe we shouldn't have been doing. Maybe those were hobbies. Maybe those were friendships, the kind of friendships that you wanted to have. Maybe that was whether or not you got involved in a faith community. And we made these decisions, and in large part, those decisions shaped who we were. And we could probably say shaped, in large part, who we are today. And so we can begin to make those decisions. And because I know that is true, I also know that this statement is true. So often in our lives, we determine what we're going to do before we determine who we're going to be. 
And that leads me to the first statement that I want to make sure that we catch together. It's almost always a mistake to determine what you want to do before you determine who you want to be. Now, why is this important? Well, many of us find ourselves today continuing to make decisions. And we're making these decisions without making a statement or a stance about the person that we want to become or the person that we want to be. And every time that we do that, sometimes we will find ourselves in these cycles of living where we keep making decisions. And for some reason, after we make certain decisions, we say things like, why, why did I do that? Like, that's not me. Maybe other people around you that know the kind of person that you want to be would look at you and say, like, hey, this is not you. Why are you doing this? And we have a tendency to make these decisions, and oftentimes we make these decisions and come back with those questions of, like, why am I doing this? Because we never took the time to determine who we wanted to be. And it's, let me say it again, it's almost always a mistake to determine what you want to do before you determine who you want to be. Now let me take a time out really quick. And I wanna talk to the students in the room. If we have any students in here, most of them come during the second service. But if there's any students in here, I wanna talk to you specifically. And here's why. If there was a, man, if there was one piece of advice that I could give you before you get into your post high school years, again, whether you go in the military or whether you go uh, to college or go get a job, the best piece of advice I could give you is this determine, determine who you want to be before you ever determine what you're going to do. And the fact that you're here today tells me you're smarter than most students. The fact that you're here today tells me that you're discerning maybe what God wants for your life, either that or maybe your parents made you come here, whatever that looks like, but you're here. And so if I could give you a piece of advice, man, determine who you're going to be before you ever determine what you're going to do. Here's why I tell you that. It took me, unfortunately, until my sophomore year in college before I realized the importance of this. And I realized it when I was sitting in a jail cell, many of you know this, with my second DUI. And as I had some time to think, I began to process thoughts like, this is not who I want to be. And up to that point, I hadn't really determined, at least with, convic <clears throat> with conviction, the person that I wanted to be I just determined a lot of stuff that I wanted to do, and I really was doing whatever I wanted. But now I saw that, man, if I start to make decisions based on whatever I want to do without determining who I want to be <clears throat> and aligning that with who God wants me to be, then I'm going to end up with, in places like this. So if I could give you one piece of advice, students, man, determine who you want to be before you ever determine what you're going to do. And if you don't know where to start with that, like, just, like how, do, how do I do that? Like, where do I start? I'm going to give you an exercise here in a few minutes that I think will help add maybe some action steps to how you can begin that conversation with yourself and with God. Now for the rest of us. Many of us as adults today still really don't know who we want to be, do we? Or maybe we have some ideas or some thoughts. Maybe there's some hints on who we think we want to be, but we've never, never with conviction written down or set in stone, man, this is the person that I am setting out to be. And because we haven't do that, because we haven't done that, we find ourselves in this perpetual cycle of sometimes making decisions and really not knowing why we keep coming back to these statements of, why did I do that? This is not the person that I want to be. 
And so maybe at some point, your action step is to sit down and write down, who do I want to be? Because once you figure out who you want to be, then you can determine what you want to do to become the person that you want to be. Several years ago, I used to be a high school teacher, believe it or not, and I was a Bible teacher for the seniors at the largest Christian school in Kentucky. And every year, um, the first thing, the first assignment that I would give to all the seniors was this. I would say, hey, I want you to write down your obituary. Meaning, I want you to write down what you would hope people would say about you at your funeral. And in, in a backwards sort of way, what I was having them do, I was having them write down the person they wanted to be, but they didn't really see it that way. And guys, I was blown away by what my seniors would write. And I would take those assignments and I would make sure that they did it. And almost every single student would take it seriously, but I did have those few jocks from time to time. And if you're a jock in here, it's okay, I am too. I used to be one, so I can make fun of us. But I had a few jocks from time to time that would say, I want to be known for the biggest biceps or the hottest wife. And so I had a few of those, but I'd still let them put those on the wall. And what I, what I mean by putting on the wall is every year after they did this, and I graded them, make sure that they did the assignment, I had them put it all around my classroom, tape it up on the wall, and it remained there for the rest of the year. And then my commitment to them was, I'm going to do my best to help you to become the person that you said you wanted to be so that that statement, those statements are true that's on your obituary, that's on my wall right now. I want to do my best to help align biblical truth with who you said you wanted to be so that that can become a reality. One of the interesting things that happened every single year is that parents would come in, and uh, I would have parent-teacher conferences, and I would say, hey, let me show you what your son or daughter said. And the parents were blown away, except for the ones that had the kids who said, like, I want the hottest wife ever. I just gave them a little extra prayer that day. That's kind of all I could do for them. But, uh, but for the rest of them, man, they were, they were blown away on what their very own students or I'm sorry, very own kids were saying, and here's what I've learned from that. So often, when we think about the end of our life, it's amazing the things that come in perspective. I don't know if you've been, been around anybody recently that was in the process of taking their last breaths, but as a pastor, I'm in hospital rooms from time to time where I witness this firsthand. And it's amazing what can come into perspective when we're talking and thinking about the end of our life. There's a lyric from a song that I think says it best. It says this, The coldest heart can be brought to life when it's thrown into the fires of goodbye. Now, one of the things, as I'm teaching these students, one of the things that I knew I was going to have to cover more than any other subject was a particular thing that I had learned in the context of both doing ministry in, in high school ministry. I was involved in my church at the same time with a bunch of students, so I was learning a lot of things about students. I was a teacher to students. I was also a coach to students, and so I was um, having a lot of opportunities to be educated on what some of the biggest struggles were in students' lives. And so I learned that there was one particular thing that I needed to teach on more than anything else because this particular thing was going to become the biggest stumbling block in them becoming who they said they wanted to be in alignment with who God had called them to be. And I've also learned for the past 10 years of doing ministry with adults that that subject has not changed. And the subject that we're going to talk about today is the subject of purity. Now, the reason we're going to talk about this is because I believe 
when it comes to us filling out and feeling out what it is that God wants for your life, this is the number one area that is getting in between us and him and being able to see clearly. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this case and just hang on. But here's what I want to ask. You don't need to raise your hand, but here's what I want you to think about And as we build this case together. How many of you want to know what God's will is for your life? Like, how many of you want to know what God's purpose is for your life? And not even, you don't even need to raise your hands. Just have this conversation within yourself. And not even like the bigger, broader pictures of life, but day to day, God, what is it that you want me to do about this work situation and this relationship that doesn't seem to be going well? Am I supposed to call it quits here? What am I supposed to do about school right now? What about that neighbor that's driving me crazy? What, you fill in the blank. God, man, I just need to understand. I need to see clearly what it is that you want me to do in this particular situation. And friends, if that's you and you feel that way, you're not alone because about 15 years ago, a guy named Rick Warren wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. It is now one of the top five most selling Christian books ever because like you and me, people want to know what God's purpose is for their life. But then the question has to be asked. Think about this. Why is it so confusing? Like, why are so many people struggling in this area? Why are so many people having a hard time figuring out, God, what, what is it you have? I mean, we have the Bible, right? We've got God's holy word, the scriptures that we can go to. But we still struggle, struggle to figure out, God, what is it that you have for my life? Yes, from the bigger picture of things, but also in the smaller pictures and the day-to-day living. And I think Jesus actually says something that may bring more enlightenment to this conversation than, of course, anything that I could ever say. And it's in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5. And for those of you that are familiar with this, you know that Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount with these things called the Beatitudes, where he says, blessed are the, blessed are the, blessed are the, are the meek and are the, the poor and are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then he gets down to verse 8, and he says this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And we just, like, man, this is what I call a statement to stare at. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I love the way that the paraphrase of the message puts this. says this, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart, put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. So friends, let me ask you a question. Again, just a rhetorical question. Have this conversation with yourself this morning. Do you want to see God more clearly? I bet the answer is yes. The very fact that you're in this room, you woke up, put some clothes on, took a shower, hopefully you brushed your teeth, and you came in here this morning tells me that you probably have a desire to some extent to know what God's will is for your life life, and to see him and to be able to see that more clearly. And if that's you, here's a statement that I want to make sure sticks more than anything else that I say today. So I've made it my one thing. Here it is. Purity leads to clarity. Purity leads to clarity. Now, I'm going to call another time out here because uh, if you're not familiar with this church, you'll learn very quickly we're not a church that wants to drag you through the mud. We're not a church that wants you to feel guilt and shame because of past failures. That's why oftentimes I lead with my own mistakes because I want you to be comfortable bringing those to the table as well. And so here's a statement that I want to make sure 100% that you hear today. 
and if you need to walk away with this, maybe, that's, this is, maybe this is your takeaway, and here it is. In spite of your biggest failures in this area, your Heavenly Father still loves you. Somebody really needs to hear that today. In spite of your biggest failures, in this particular area, when it comes to purity, and I'm talking about sexual purity for the most part. Purity could cover a gamut of things, but today we're kind of isolating sexual purity. In spite of your biggest failures in this area, your Heavenly Father, man, He still loves you. And you need to know that. But I also want you to know that if you're compromised and if you've been compromised in this area, it's probably the number one thing that's going to keep you from seeing God clearly. Because a lack of purity in this area is like a cancer when it comes to clarity and focus and even a cancer to our conscious and it invades our lives. And some of you know this because you've been there. It invades our lives and our minds with things like guilt and shame. And man, these things will wreak havoc on your soul. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's because your inside world and your outside world, they're not syncing up. And then things begin to get unclear. For some of you, this is your reality right now. And I know that because I know the statistics that kind of come with this area, specifically when it comes to the subject of, of pornography. And what happens is you know Maybe nobody else does, but you know that inside you've made it, you've compromised and everything going on inside of you, that guilt and that shame and those hidden secrets that you don't want anybody else to know, the things that you have to do when nobody else is looking, man, that stuff starts to build inside of you, but on the outside, on the outside, everything's okay. And so what's going on in your life right now is like a war that's being waged over your heart and it's killing you. And so one of the things I want to do today before we close this conversation is give you an opportunity to get that, some of that stuff, and let me say it the way I want to say it, get some of that crap out. Get it out. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. Several weeks ago, I sat down with a friend of mine, and uh, this is an area that's been a really big struggle with him. And we sat down, we had lunch, and he would say that he's a sex addict. He would say this has been a very big deal for him, and it's wreaked havoc in his life, in his marriage, and in his soul. And he invested so much time and energy into pornography and everything that he could get his hands on that it began to flip his world upside down, leading him to commit affairs on his wife. And it got so bad that he started to feel, because his inside world and his outside world aren't lining up, they're not syncing up, and he started to feel things like this. Man, I'm never going to be happy again. Nothing good can come from me. There's no point in me continuing. Friends, I get that this is heavy today. I told you we're going to have some fun and we're going to handle some hard subjects. Keep those up there right now, Lauren. But friends, when we do things and we have behaviors, when we make decisions without determining who we want to be first, and those decisions start to dictate who we are and what we think of ourselves and maybe even what God thinks of us, those lies, the enemy grabs onto those lies. Because remember, purity leads to clarity. And so if purity leads to clarity, that means a lack of purity leads to a lack of clarity. And so as you begin to not be able to see God clearly, the enemy shoots in and starts feeding you lies. And because you can't see God clearly, you begin to believe him. I see it happen all the time. We start thinking things like, man, I'm never going to be happy again. Nothing good can come from me. There's no point in me continuing. 
every one of these is a lie. As I was processing through this sermon and thinking about, man, how can I help you to grab on to some truths that will hopefully help you to move forward, maybe with some more clarity, I came to this conclusion on these next three statements. Here's what I think. Without purity, there is no clarity. Without clarity, we struggle to find purpose. And without purpose, we begin to lose hope. But make sure you hear this. There's always hope. Always. Before my friend left and we finished up our lunch together, I looked at him and I said, Hey man, uh, well, I need to tell you this. Uh, so he's been nine months sober now. He calls it sober and I think that's cool. Yeah, you can clap for that. Nine months. <clears throat> nine months without looking at anything. And so he's allowed purity to start to come back into his life. And I looked at him and I said, Hey, before you leave, I'm going I'm to be preaching on this subject here in a couple weeks, and he gave me permission to share this story. I said, what have nine months of purity done for your heart? What have nine months of purity done for your relationship? What have nine months of purity done for your soul? And I love his answer, and it was one word. He said, hope. I'm going to tell you exactly what he said. He said, I haven't had this much hope maybe in my entire life. And now, listen to this, and now I'm looking for God's purpose in my life each and every day. In other words, he was going to determine who he wanted to be before he determined anything else that he wanted to do. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it says that Jesus is an anchor for our soul. And I want you to hold on to that illustration as I close. And I'm going to close with some action steps today. And I'm going to give you some things I really want you to do. And guys, I know, I know this is heavy. But we've determined as a church, man, we're going to handle some heavy topics. And let me back up really quick. Going back to my friend's story, I just need you to say this. We're never going to be, and I know I've, I said this one time. I'm going to say it in a different way. We're never going to be the kind of church that takes your failures and like drags you through the mud with them, makes you feel guilty and shameful for them, we're going to be the kind of church that in the midst and the lack of hope, we're going to help you to hold on. We're going to help you to hold on and not lose grip and not lose sight of God because so often, and you know this, like we carry this kind of stuff alone. And we don't want to do that. One of our commitments to you, one of our commitments, bigger commitments as a church, is that uh, we're going to do this together because God actually designed us to do it that way. So let me do this. Let me, let me talk about this illustration. In Hebrews 6, 19, it says that Jesus is an anchor. He's an anchor for our heart. He's an anchor for our soul. So let's, let's run with this illustration really, really quick. I grew up in Kentucky, and growing up in Kentucky, man, there's beautiful lakes all over the place. I was a, I'm a big fisherman. It's one of my favorite things to do in life. And so we'd go fishing. My, my brother and my dad, they had bass boats and friends. And so I'd go fishing. And one of the things you know if you're like a bass fisherman or you like to fish at lakes, when you find where the fish are, you drop the anchor. And you drop the anchor, and we used to call these like honey holes, uh, because we're going to stay there a while, and we're going to fish, because we actually found where there's some good things happening. When it comes to the subject of purity, when you leave here today, can I encourage you, man? I can only encourage you. I can't make you do any of this. I want to encourage you. Will you drop the anchor? Will you drop the anchor on this particular subject and just live in it? 
for a little while? Because I want you to see God clearly. I really do. Because purity leads to clarity. I want you to see God clearly, and I need you to drop the anchor in this subject. And here's some of the things that I want you to wrestle with. And we're going to have a response time here in just a moment where you're going to be able to, to have some action steps. But here's three things before we close, three things that I want to bring to your attention. Here's number one. If you've never determined who you want to be, I want you to do that. Maybe you need to write an obituary. I want you to determine before you do anything else, before you make any other decisions with your life and determine the things that you want to do, I want you to determine who you want to be in alignment with who God's called you to be. That's number one. Number two, if you're compromised in this particular area right now, in the area of purity, can I encourage you to confess it and get that junk out? Get it out. One of the best tools the enemy's got in his tool chest is isolation. And if you stay isolated in that struggle, he's going to make you think those statements like what I shared earlier. I don't want that for you. I want you to see God clearly. And that's why I made sure I put that statement in today. No matter how far you've gone and been compromised in this area, your heavenly father, he loves you. I promise that. I promise that is true. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Don't miss it so that you can be healed. Sometimes healing is necessary for our physical body. Sometimes it's necessary for the wounds that go a little bit deeper in our heart. And sometimes it's necessary for the things in our mind that we can't seem to get control of. And when it comes to the subject of purity, uh, that can be a big deal. And so I want to encourage you today. Maybe you need to confess it. Maybe you have a good friend that you feel confident in that you can share that kind of stuff with. Maybe if you need to, you can reach out to Corey or myself, and we'll set up some time with you, sit down and talk if you need to get that junk out. But today we're also going to give you an opportunity to write it down. And you don't have to put your name if you don't want. Maybe, it's for, the, maybe for the first time ever in your life, you're actually going to get that junk out and let somebody else know that there's a struggle there. Every single Monday we pray over these. You can put your name if you want, or you can be completely anonymous. Last one, and this is big. Let's stay with me here, okay, on the subject of having an anchor and dropping the anchor in this subject because it's that important. When it comes to us dropping the anchor, many of you here today would say that you've put your faith in Jesus, and that's awesome. And so when we put our faith in Jesus, he does put an anchor in our heart. But when it comes to the area of purity, what happens, and I wish I had a chain up here, so just imagine a chain when it comes to purity, our world is moving so fast in the opposite direction that sometimes we don't see the small compromises that we make in this area because we're just moving with the natural flow of things. And so maybe for you it's not pornography. Maybe you're not going and buying magazines. But you know this. Maybe it's what you watch on Netflix. Maybe it's what you look at on Facebook or Hulu or whatever it is. Because what happens is these shows come on, and I'm not even going to go through which shows, but they come on and you hear all your friends talking about them. Man, have you seen this show yet? And you watch it, and in the middle of watching it, you see something that you know you probably shouldn't see. Maybe your wife doesn't want you to see, and you really know that God doesn't want you to see. But you think to yourself, everybody else is watching this. It can't be that big. And what happens with our anchor, see, the anchor's still in our heart. doesn't mean the anchor's removed. We just let out a little bit more chain. And what happens in our lives sometimes when we're fishing, <laughs> if you allow too much chain or rope to go, you're, you'll drift. 
and you'll end up drifting. What happens with drifting is it happens so slowly that you don't know you are until you're so far away from where you want it to be that you're like, oh crap, I got to get back to where we originally were. Friends, I want you to see God clearly. And so maybe, maybe today you need to have a conversation with your wife or just yourself and determine I need to pull that in a little bit tighter. I've allowed too much chain, too much rope to go out. I've allowed my life to drift away from this subject too far and I'm allowing my life in the area of purity to be compromised. So maybe your action step today is that you need to pull in and tighten up the rope. Because we all, friends, listen, we all want to see God. We all want to know what God has for us. Life is too freaking hard to try to go with it without understanding what God wants for us and in us and through us in each individual situation and how we handle all the conflict that is always coming up around us. So let me share a couple verses with you really quick as I close. James 1.27 is this, and this is an interesting verse because most people remember this part. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure, pure, and faultless is this. Next slide. Here it is. To look after orphans and widows. Most of you guys have known this verse. If you've grown up in church at all, at all you know this verse. It's like, yeah, pure and faultless religion is this that we should look after orphans and widows. But for some reason, I don't know why we do this, for some reason we forget the second part of that passage. And to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Lauren, keep that up for a second. The word pure, actually back up one slide. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure. When you look at the Greek word for pure, it's the word katharos. Katharos. And katharos means to be unstained, not contaminated. Guys, this world, if you don't know this, is constantly trying to contaminate you. Constantly. The world is constantly putting things in front of you that will pollute your heart and that will keep you from seeing God clearly. Remember, if the enemy can't have your heart, the best thing, his next best move is to help you to not be able to see God clearly so that you won't move in his direction. Guys, purity leads to clarity. It's time that we decontaminate our heart. Next verse, Ephesians 5, 3, says this, But among you there must not be even a hint, even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. And man, part of me wants to look at Paul and say, Paul, really a hint? Like, give me a break, man. This is, this is the 21st century. Not a hint? And I think Paul would say, Hold on a second. I want you to see God. This is not about legalism. It's not about you trying to be a perfect Christian. Paul's saying, I want you to see God. And even a hint of sexual immorality will start to cause this perpetual cloud to build over your mind, keeping you and keeping us from being able to see God clearly. Let me end with this statement. When we get this right, we can stand confidently, we can see clearly, and we can speak from a place of victory. You know why that's important? Because there are so many people that struggle in this area that they need somebody that's willing to stay in the fight 
It's one of our key traces here that we're going to pursue Jesus in life with grit because we know some things aren't going to be easy. We've got to stay in the fight, and we've got to win some victories because there's going to be so many people that get compromised in this particular area in the future that we need to be able to speak from a place of victory so that we can help them move into a place where they can start to clearly see God again. That's what I want for our church. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to transition. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to transition into a response time. And for those of us that have put our faith in Jesus and he's got an anchor in our heart, this is an opportunity for us to celebrate with communion. And communion is taking a piece of bread or a cracker that represents the body of Jesus and dipping it in a cup that represents his blood. And because of that variety, you can know that no matter how compromised or how, messed, how, how much you've messed up in this area in the past, you are, you're forgiven and your heavenly father loves you. This is also a time where I'm going to encourage you to write down a couple things. And just so that I know, you know, I don't want people, you know, hesitating to go and write up because then they're going to think, oh, somebody else is going to think I have a problem. So I want you to write down two different things. And we've got prayer stations in the back. You can go back there, just grab one of those cards and write two things. What is your action step? What is your action step? Do you just need to determine who you need to be before you start to determine what you're going to do from now on? Or do you actually need to confess? Do you need to get some of that junk out today? And I want to give you that opportunity. And so you can grab those cards, bring them back to your chair, and feel free to write out whatever you need to write out, action steps, confessions. And then before you leave today, just drop it in that green trash can before you leave. Make sure you hear me on this. Friends, because I know that purity leads to clarity, I want to do the best that I can, and we as a church want to do the best we can to help you to see God clearly because we're all looking for that. Let's pray. Father, man, I know this is an area where a lot of people have struggled. God, I know that this is an area where there are currently people compromised. I know this is an area that is causing maybe the most confusion when it comes to sin. This is an area that is distracting us, that it is giving us that perpetual cloud that covers our minds where our thoughts, we just can't think clearly anymore and because we can't think clearly, the enemy starts shooting and lies and we start believing things about ourselves that are not true. And so God, I pray that in this moment that you move, that you show each individual person the action step it is that they need to take. God, I want, man, I, if I can just speak for myself, I want to see you clearly. And I want to be able to help other people see you clearly because God, we need you every single day life is hard and to think that we can do it without you and without being able to understand and, and see clearly what it is that you have for us man it's almost next to impossible and so Lord would you move in this time in a way that only you can and Lord thanks for being a God that forgives thanks for allowing each and every one of us to get out of our chair today and to walk out of here knowing we don't have to live, live in that shame and guilt thanks for loving us no matter how messed up we are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Feel free to respond.